Welcome to Eureka Street Crypto. This is my anti-professional crypto channel. I'm just a barely sane dude who fell down the cryptocurrency rabbit hole. This channel is my fumbling attempt to communicate myself outside my own head about my journey in the crypto space. It is basically my brain dump. None of this is actual financial advice. Good morning, everybody. I'm Eureka John, and you're at Eureka Street Web3 Crypto Podcast. Sure. Yeah. All right. <laughs> anyway, I say that because um, I crypto has just uh, been just dragged through the mud lately. And um, I try to communicate that I am not on board with all this wild speculation i'm not on board with centralized exchanges and uh, the the banking centralized fractional banking activity that has been going on in a lot of these centralized exchanges um, that i'm about web3 i'm about the decentralization of our social media i'm about decentralization of our finance system i'm about the decentralization of our of our media um, and and just decentralization in general, and it's not about speculation for me. Um, I have made some decent money off of some weird random tokens, and I've lost just as much money, um, you know, going and and you know putting my faith in some of these projects after I've read the white papers, and uh, yeah, you know, they just went to zero. So it's, it's what it's all about, and it's part of the learning process. I just call all of this stuff kind of an educational expense. But anyway, welcome to my show. Yeah, so I just started off right off the bat just rambling and uh, this is episode number 493 of my morning show um, I haven't been doing it every morning lately uh, for the past few months uh, just because I've been really busy with other uh, crypto projects other podcast projects um, in this web3 space um, crypto sapiens is one of them crypto sapiens.xyz you can go check that out and now that podcast has now moved to video and uh, I'm the one behind the scenes um, along with several other people um, producing this podcast and we just went to video and yeah, it's, it takes a lot of time. <laughs> uh, so, um, and I've been working a lot with journodow.xyz and we have a mini series in partnership with Crypto Sapiens called DiGiorno, you know, not, you know, okay, not the frozen pizza DiGiorno, but, um, you know, it's kind of a little play on word. Um, and I never really liked the DiGiorno pizzas. I always was more of a Red Baron pizza fan if I was going to go the frozen pizza route. But uh, yeah, the name, Decentralized Journalism. They all, we also did a series uh, called Web3ID and we did a series called Decentralized. And then now it's DiGiorno, right? So we talked about identification systems, and then we talked about decentralized science. Now we're talking about decentralized journalism. And then who knows what's next? Maybe we'll do DSO, decentralized social media. Um, so yeah, speaking of which, we'll be talking about decentralized social media in this episode. Um, this episode, uh, this this podcast here is nothing but my brain dump where I just dump out whatever is on my mind and uh, all the stuff that I've been learning about Web3. It's my message in a bottle to be able to reach out to the, to the other people in this space who are interested in this space or just in what I'm doing lately and what I'm interested in as, as well, just as a person. Um, and then this is my sandbox just to play with tons of different audio visual things. As you can see, this setup layout is different than my past episodes. I'm trying out a new service and uh, we'll see if it works okay for me. So if it screws up, whatever. It's just another episode down the hatch. 
All right, so let me go ahead and present my screen. So speaking of decentralized social media, um, Twitter has been all up in flames lately with the recent acquisition by Elon Musk. Uh, it's driving a lot of people crazy and other people love it. Um, personally, I've just been receiving a ton more spam in my DMs and, and uh, everywhere being tagged all over the place on these airdrops, you know, that are scams. So if you get tagged on, you know, with with several other people on Twitter, you know, to that you're going to participate in an airdrop or something, or they're announcing some NFT drop and you're whitelisted, you're not. It's a scam. Yeah. So just <laughs> keep that in mind. Just block those people. You can go through the several screen process and actually report it if you want. But uh, you know, most of the time I don't have time to do that. So, but anyway, yeah, whatever. <clears throat> so I'm going to open up my screen here. I spoke a few days ago with Crystal Street, and she is uh, in the the um, the journal DAO with me. She's a journalist and uh, also a lifetime student, and um, she is um, very active in activism, and she's in photography and stuff like that. And she's been uh, messing around with Twitter for years. So we'll we'll get on to her in a little while. Um, and and hear her perspective on Twitter and on Mastodon and stuff like that. But in the, but before that, I kind of just want to give you a little primer on what Mastodon is. So Mastodon right now is pretty much the only alternative to Twitter that uh, that we really have at scale, is what she said. There are some Web three alternatives, and what I mean by that is is Twitter owns all your data. You know, you sign up, you create a profile and, and just like any social media site, just like Facebook, just like MySpace, you know, Twitter, um, LinkedIn, even, you know, everything, every comment that you post, every like that you do, every photo, video, everything that you post up on there, retweet, whatever, all that information is stored by the servers of the corporation. And that information is used um, to sell stuff back to you or who knows what else it's used it's you know it's been a little if you want to get a little darker that information is also used against you you know especially for things like employment and the court of the law you know things people tweet can can uh, create kind of a, a radical profile of some people that can be used against you so you always have to be careful what you say on social media um and the thing is is that kind of goes down on your permanent record <laughs> and they own that data. So they're, they're making millions off of you, you know? So if the product is free, you're basically the product, right? So with all this recent acquisition of Elon Musk by Twitter, and then they say Twitter's being radicalized by the, the right wing, right wing and all that stuff. I'm not right or left wing. I'm just a dude here. Um, so, um, one of those other websites, and this is not a Web3 website, but is Mastodon. And uh, Mastodon, I guess you could say it's kind of like Web 2.5, you know? Um, but here they say it's social networking that's for sale. Your own feed should be filled with what matters to you most, not what a corporation thinks you should see. And um, yeah, so if, if you've noticed a lot more commercials going through on your feed, on Instagram, on Facebook, uh, Facebook, of course, um, uh, if you're still on Facebook, uh, on, um, on uh, Instagram, yeah, on Twitter, you know, if, 
suggested ads for you and you you happen to mention the state of Wisconsin while you're you know talking to somebody in a car and then the rest of the whole next two days you see nothing but ads about Wisconsin. That's kind of creepy, right? Um, so yeah, it's all about those algorithms and Twitter and those algorithms are also designed to incite uh, emotion and fear and anger because that's what gets the clicks. And the more clicks you have, the more money, the more clicks you make on things, the more money they make by advertising, right? Um, so, yeah. So the, the, the news cycle is in a weird state right now. You know, um, clicks drive the content. The tail is wagging the dog. You know, so you have you you have somebody that's wanting to write some kind of you know investigative analysis of maybe our water quality at a local water station. But um, you have this man in Florida that uh, wrestles a gator at a Kmart. I mean, that's going to get the clicks. And somehow that ends up on your feed instead of the local water, water quality issue, you know? Um, and <laughs> so, yeah, yeah it, 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 your algorithm starts to seek what will get the most clicks because that's how more money is brought into the platform. And uh, that's probably a terrible description of it, but you're kind of getting the idea, you know, um, what clicks is what becomes news, you know, and um, uh, inflammatory polarization of politics that definitely gets a lot of clicks and it riles people up and it gets people to comment on things. And uh, so all that is national news. And then it just drowns out the local news and the local things that matter. Um, so, so, yeah, that's what these algorithms are doing to us. Um, and they're, they're just pitting us against each other. And it's kind of disturbing. Um, so anyway, so Mastodon is kind of an alternative that a lot of journalists will go through. And what Crystal explains here when I'll play her clip is that she's saying that um, during the Arab Spring and Occupy Wall Street, she was able to follow these hashtags and for the first time follow something in real life, news in real life that didn't come at the time through the mainstream news agencies, you know. Um, so anybody, it was kind of a democratization of news at, at that time. And that's back when Twitter's APIs were open, which meaning anybody could plug it in and anybody could create these hashtags. And uh, there wasn't the type of censorship that was uh, that that has been going on lately. Um, Twitter was a different story back in the, in the late, early 2000s, like late 001s, 02s. Two, three, four, or whatever, 05, 08, 09, you know, the early 2000s. <laughs> so anyway, um, let's go take a look at here at Mastodon. Um, so Mastodon, I described it as kind of a hodgepodge between Twitter and Discord. So it allows you to join all these different communities, like-minded communities and stuff like that. And then if you don't like that community or if they boot you because you violate their terms of service and their rules, then you can just go to another community within Mastodon and take your friends with you and you can still follow that. And that's one thing I've been kind of preaching about, about Web3 social media, is you can take your friends with you wherever you go. Um, so Mastodon is apparently open source and it allows anybody to spin up their own servers and um, to allow people to join their servers as long as they comply with the terms and service. And yes, your data is stored on whosoever server you know, that is that spun up that community. But um, 
it's a, they're not monetizing off of your data like they do on Twitter. So that's why I call it, uh, you know, Web 2.5. It's decentralized in that. Take another look, look here. Here's the servers. Mastodon is not a single website. To use it, you need to make an account with a provider. We call them servers. That lets you connect with other people across Mastodon. So you get started. Getting started with Mastodon is easy, they say. Um, <laughs> uh, it took me a while to get my head wrapped around Mastodon. So let me make this screen a little larger here. Okay, so the first step is deciding which server you'd like to make your account on. Every server is operated by an independent organization or an individual may differ in moderation policies. Uh, your feed, with an account on your server, you can follow any other person on the network, on the whole Mastodon network, regardless of where their account is hosted. So they could be on a different server. So I believe Crystal is on Mastodon.online. I think my friend Keith, he's on Mastodon.social. I'm on a Mastodon server, server called C.im. Um, so yeah, with an account on your server, you can follow any other person on the whole network, regardless of where their account is hosted, and you will see that person in your home feed. And if they follow you, you will see, uh, they will see yours and theirs. And so, and then Mastodon is flexible. Finding a different server you'd prefer. So if I don't like that C.im server that I'm in, I can go to any other server. Um, so. Yeah, or if Keith doesn't like Mastodon.social, he can come over to the server that I've joined, C.im. It's uh, C.im stands for like creativity, innovation, and something. I don't know. I just joined it randomly. Um, uh, so I might join another server. I, you know, I just kind of just joined that just to experiment with what Mastodon is. It was just a server I found that was available and I clicked on. And I'll show you in a little bit. So with Mastodon, you can easily move your profile to a different server at any time without losing any followers. To be in complete control, you can create your own server. Yeah, I, I don't have the time uh, or compute the power in a search. You could if you wanted to. Um, <clears throat> anyway, and it's safe for all. We can't control the servers, but we can control what we promote on this page. Our organization will only point you to the servers that are consistently committed to moderation against racism, sexism, and transphobia. Okay. Um, so, yeah. And here's a bunch of different servers right here that you can choose from. So you would go to joinmastodon.org and servers. Um, yeah, and these are people that have spun up their own servers. And if you like their rules and their communities and the stuff that they're all about, then by all means, you know, jump into it. And this is how I found that C.im server. And uh, yeah, then I don't really honestly log in all that much, but uh, you know, it's it's been interesting. It is an interesting experiment, and more and more people, like journalist types, are actually moving over here to Mastodon. So let's go take a quick look at my server. C.im um, that I that I joined. It's a lot like your page, you know. All the notifications, the explore, the you know, local federated. Federated means other servers, so it, you can follow hashtags um, and yeah, you know, notifications. So here's just some. Here's my my home thread, and this I follow C Street, which is Crystal, and everything that she retweets or, or boosts is what they call it here. It shows up on my feed, and she she retweets quite a bit, you know, um, to the point where I only have like three friends so far. So she's the most active on, you know. So, yeah, yeah, um, and I have another friend, Keith Axline, on here too, and uh, he has not posted in a while. And so, yeah. But as you can see, if I had followed a bunch of other people from other servers, all that would show up here. Um, if I wanted to only see what's on this server, uh, I would see only the people on C.m. And yeah, here it is. Uh, the content 
well, it's got to take a while for all this stuff to load. But um, yeah, I'm only seeing the content on this, this local server c.im. If I want to explore hashtags, I can do it there. If I want to explore other servers, I can do it here. And here's direct messages. And of course, I get notifications just like Twitter. Um, so yeah, it, it operates quite a bit like Twitter. Um, so anyway, yeah, I guess you can kind of get the gist of it. Let me go over here to this tab and I will the clip um, uh, talking to Crystal about her history with Twitter and why she moved over to Mastodon. So you can kind of get like a broad perspective of it and her experience with both Twitter and Mastodon. And then I'll come back to you. All right. One second here. Okay, so let's start with Mastodon. Uh, this mast the Mastodon. <laughs> Are you on the Mastodon? Oh my god. Uh, <laughs> so here's where okay, I'm searching for Mastodon. People say it's like an alternative to Twitter, but it's not exactly like Twitter. So a lot of people go to Mastodon searching for some of the similar Twitter functionality, like the GIFs and all that other type of stuff that are just not possible here. So can do you are you able to summarize maybe some of the similarities and differences? I think so. I have a love-hate with this platform. Um, I first joined it like three years ago, maybe. But there's just no mm -hmm. nothing on it, and I couldn't find anything because the search functions are so – they don't use algorithms at all. Yeah. So, And that's really the big difference. It's been fascinating watching journalists because we're the power users on Twitter. So watching journalists mm -hmm. migrate to Mastodon, it, it's just a complete shit show. And – we're so used to having there, there, there's several things we're used to with you know with Twitter. You've got the algorithms, you've got algorithms that are based on engagement mm -hmm. and your large followings, where it's much more broadcast oriented. Mastodon is the exact opposite, and I'm pretty sure that's why the creator made it, is because he was fed up with what had happened at Twitter. So he made okay. Mastodon be the opposite. Huh. So it's fascinating to watch journalists try to port it all over and just flounder. I mean, yeah, not just journalists, but I mean, I, I expected a Twitter alternative. I mean, I was never really into news or politics, honestly, for ever. And that's why I never got on Twitter until crypto. Mm -hmm. And then I suddenly discovered the power of Twitter to learn and for people to create threads and things like that. Um, and just for the the fun of it, and I've gotten to know a lot of people through Twitter, so I like Twitter. Um, I don't necessarily love everything that's happening to it right now, just because right now there's just tons of of scams and an overload of just like um, spam and just crap in my DMs and all this. You know, it's just, <laughs> yeah. just kind of gone haywire right now. Uh, but Twitter started off kind of as an open source type of program, right? I mean, maybe not open source, but like developers could build on it in the same way that, that Mastodon yeah. is doing right now, right? Yeah, the API was open and it might still be slightly open. I can't remember that part. I first joined Twitter. Uh, I was at journalism school and this kid sitting next to me was on this thing with a blue bird on it. I'm like, what are you doing? He's like, yeah, man, this thing's cool. I'm, I'm like, it made no sense to me. So uh -huh. like a year and it had just launched. So a year later, I started exploring it because I saw more journalists talking about it. Okay. So I've always used it as a journalist from that lens. So it didn't really hit me the power of it. Well, actually, I guess it was twofold. I was a digital nomad. Like I was exploring with that 2010, 2011. And I started connecting with fellow travelers around the world. And we connected on Twitter and then met in real life. And most of them, well, no, there were a few that were wackadoodles, but most of them like were normal and were still really close. So I was like, oh, this is interesting. 
Yeah. Um, because we're a distributed network of people. We're digital, we're just wandering all over the place. So, and then I saw, um, I think it was Occupy, was it Occupy Wall Street happened first and then the Arab Spring. And yeah. I just installed TweetDeck, which gives you all those columns to watch hashtags. And so I was, I think it was TweetDeck. And I was watching that when Occupy Wall Street broke and I had like four different hashtags that I was following and the speed at which these hashtags was refreshing because it was live blew my mind. And I was like, holy shit, this is a tipping point. And then I was like, this is something I really have to understand on a deeper level because look what just happened. You know, news happened so fast, nobody could report it. Yeah. But you're seeing in real time on the ground what's happening based on hashtags. And then the same with Arab Spring. That's why they, you huh. know, a lot of countries in the Middle East shut it down because they saw what happened with Occupy Wall Street and they just shut the whole thing down. They shut the internet down. Um, in, in a weird oh. way, it's kind of like um, Tank in the Matrix. If you know how to read the hashtags and everything like that, you can kind of see what's going on in live time with the Matrix. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's exactly right. Like every breaking news event since then, I have watched it happen in real time. So <laughs> I've not had to rely on journalists. And I'll watch it filter through the media, but I haven't. So now I'm like sitting here, I'm like, I have no idea what's going on in the world. Because yeah. now the hashtags, um, I mean, Twitter is so broken. Um, the engineers are gone. The security team's gone. The moderators are gone. I mean, there's literally no one there. I think they went wow. from like 1,000 to 250 people. Wow. Okay. Um, yeah. And that's not confirmed, but that that's what I've seen. Um, yeah. Yeah. So it's just like we had, we've had two smaller breaking news events. One was weather related and one was, or two shootings. And I'm scanning hashtags and I'm like, oh my God, it's just gone. So that is a little jarring. So porting over to Mastodon, there is no search algorithm. So okay, you have okay. to, you can scan the hashtags, but it's not, it doesn't function the way Twitter did. And it's by design. Yeah. Yeah. So a lot so of the journalists have been going over to Mastodon and I've been seeing some activity over there, but like you said, they don't have the algorithms. Um, I don't know that much about the algorithms, honestly. Um, and I just know that Twitter is like the epitome of web two, web two. And what Web2 means is all that data on there is stored on there. So everything that is posted on there is on the Twitter servers. And there's no way you can really pull that off or own that data or anything like that, correct? You can download all of your data. You don't own it. Okay. But um, I just requested my archive last week and I went ahead and got it. I've not opened it. There's a few, um, somebody made some scrapers, that um, some Python scripts that will scrape it and then put it into like WordPress or put it somewhere. I'm like, I don't ever really want to read all the shit that I've vomited for the past like 13 years. <laughs> but I, I want to at least like have the data in my possession in case I do decide to delete the account. So. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Okay, so everybody's moving over to Mastodon. Do you think that they're moving over because it's a more decentralized alternative or just because they're sick of Twitter? I think it's because it's the alternative. Like last night, CBS announced that they're no longer allowing their journalists to tweet at all. And I think that I think that goes up to corporate as well, because wow. it's not safe for their journalists to be tweeting on that platform. Um, okay. Yeah, I just sent out a notice to um, I work with the marketing department at school here. And I just sent out a big old email. I'm like, y'all need to shut it down. Huh. <laughs> so <laughs> well, where are they going to be creating accounts then? I mean, Mastodon is obviously not really a great UX to be working on. So how are people going to get this breaking source of news information? Exactly. We either have to go back to old school old school journalism, which will be interesting because we've gone so far down this rabbit hole, 
Um, a lot of big journalists have ported over to Mastodon. I think they're adjusting. So I actually just in the past, um, I think I, I jumped over there like the end of October. So it's been three weeks. I've now I'm finding that Mastodon, at least because of the people that I've taken the time to follow the journalists, they were the same ones on Twitter that I was following the big ones. So I can still get their version of the news. Hmm. Um, so it has become a tool again, but it's not fast news. It's not breaking news. Yeah. Huh. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. One thing that I noticed on Mastodon is there's all these little communities and servers. And if you've ever played on discord and I know you do, and you're like a veteran at discord, <laughs> um, yeah. you can join any server and each server sets their own rules. Yeah. So Mastodon to me kind of seems like a, a hodgepodge mix of discord meets Twitter, you know? Um, yeah. It is, yeah. but here, the in, thing that I didn't realize until the other day, because some journalists got themselves banned, is that um, the bigger any server can ban anybody in any other server. Wait, so that what? URL, so the URL extension where you signed up, so like I'm on mastodon.social. Yeah. Let's say the art, mastodon.art server doesn't want anybody from mastodon.social to see their server, they'll just ban them. They can just cut the connection. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So that's, yeah, that's pretty hardcore. Um, my one of my colleagues, Web three colleagues, Humpty Calderon, and Crypto posted the other day on Twitter here, um, and he's talking about Mastodon. And this, I mean, he knows this is coming from a, like a Web three perspective. And then you're going in there and you, you're hearing about a decentralized alternative to Twitter, and you, you're like, okay, cool. Let me let's go check this out. Average suspender identity isn't portable and they have custody of your da data smells centralized to me now I, I, th I don't think at the time when he posted this that he understood that it's kind of like web 2.5 but this is like mm. a web 3 person's reaction immediate reaction to like what mastodon is um, so yeah. you're saying that if a for instance this guy you know got cut off here for being a capitalist like no capitalists on here thank you might changed my mind for a bunch of Moneros and definitely no cross-posting to the public timeline. And what does that mean? Like, so his account is suspended for being a capitalist. Like, does that mean this server that he was on, he will no longer be able to see? I'm pretty sure that's what that means. Okay. I haven't personally crossed that. I probably would have. I joined yeah. the biggest art community on Mastodon right off the bat. And, um, yeah didn't realize they were NFT. They were against, like really against NFTs. A lot of Mastodon really does not like Web3. Um, okay. I've been trolled multiple times by people on these Which servers. Which is weird because um, it's like borderline Web3. <laughs> right? It just kills me. So um, yeah, I probably would have gotten suspended if, if I'd have posted my link to like foundation or something. Um, okay. But yeah. So, But the thing that I'm curious about is can you port your followers over? Like That's, the other night yeah. I... I, I made the effort to follow a bunch of journalists and, and craft that feed like I used to do on Twitter. And I'm like, man, if this, if it get booted from this server, like, you know, do I have to do this all over again? Cause when you join each server, it's a, it's a brand new account. Essentially you can port them over, but I don't know exactly the mechanics of that. And I don't know if all of the follow, I saw somebody comment that their followers didn't port over with them. Like it's supposed to. I'm, I'm noticing on, on my timeline, I'm able to follow what you post in other servers and what like Keith posts in other servers, you know? And mm -hmm. so we can still follow each other no yeah. matter what server win. Right. Okay. Yeah. All yeah. right. So that part, the cross posting, that all works. 
I don't know about the followers themselves. If you have to, if there is a way to port them over, I think I tried it once and I failed. Um, but there is a way to do it. So like, I would love to have a decentralized option. I mean, Mastodon is just the only option right now that has scale. So you need scale and something that's decentralized. I mean, you you say that there's no other options. I mean, at scale, I think is the keyword because there are other options, you know, there's, there's GM.XYZ. Um, there's, uh, was it lens peer or I think so. Something like that. Yeah. And then there's a YouTube alternative called lens tube as well on the lens protocol platform. Yeah. The scale is the part, I mean, as a journalist, the scale is what matters for me as somebody that just wants to connect with web three community. I can either do that on discord or we can make our own server on Mastodon or on one of these newer web three platforms. Okay. So I think you kind of get the gist of it. Um, basically, one of my main takeaways from what Crystal was saying is that there's no real scalable alternative to Twitter right now. Um, Mastodon is, you know, they say, like she said, they say it's decentralized, but uh, you know the followers didn't port over like they were supposed to, you know, in, in the example of one of her, her friends. Um, I don't know. I haven't tried to port over my followers to another server from the C.IM server yet. Um, I'll, I'll try. I'll give it a, a whirl and see what's going on. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah. And there's, I don't, I don't know. Um, <clears throat> in, in the UX, the user experience is is not that good and not that intuitive for a lot of people to pick up. So I don't know if Mastodon is necessarily ready for the masses in the way that Twitter uh, is. So uh we'll see is twitter gonna go the way of facebook you know down to the the dregs of the internet um so far it seems like that might be the case is mastodon the next big social networking platform honestly i don't think so next big anything never really comes from um expecting to be the next big thing it's always just something random that pops up um so yeah um yeah and anyway yeah and it's it's just like she said, Twitter is not safe for uh, people in, in in the workplace and in corporations to be able to be posting on Twitter because everybody is is um, you know got their eye on everything you do right now. And uh, anyway, um, that being said, um, I think that pretty much sums up this whole episode. Um, people are moving off of Twitter. People are searching for alternatives. There's nothing real, no real alternative that has popped up yet. Mastodon is trying to be that crutch. Um, is it going to to pull through? We'll find out. Um, otherwise, Web3 Media, I would go check out Lens Protocol. Um, Lens Tube is cool too. It's a, it's a YouTube alternative. And, um, you know, it's mainly uh, Web3 focused right now within the Web3 community. But um, you know, a lot of other people are starting to join, a lot of uh, Gen Zers and stuff like that. And um, yeah, you know, we'll, we'll see where that leads us. But uh, go check out lens.xyz and you can explore this new protocol to build a whole new network. Uh, maybe Web3 is going to become just as mainstream as the internet did. You know, um, it took a while for it to gain traction. The internet at the very beginning was just dubbed as only something for money launderers and pornographers. And now it's the backbone of our entire society. And um, it was meant, the, Web3 is trying to, to become what the internet was originally meant to be, decentralized and a source of decentralized information for everybody, democratized, not built in these little 
walled gardens is what they call them. These social platforms that uh, you know, basically are there for the purpose of containing and making money. All right. Um, anyway, that being said, I will talk to you all on another day. Thank you for making it to the end of this program. If you actually like this content, give a thumbs up. And if you want to hear more, just hit the subscribe button. I'm available on YouTube, Odyssey, and BitChute, and on all the major podcasting platforms in audio version. Spotify specifically, if you would like to follow and leave a review, that would help a lot. I am also available on Twitter at EurekaJohn1. That's E-U-R-E-K-A John, J-O-H-N, and the number one. My DMs are always open. Feel free to shoot me a message. Thanks again.